1: Welcome to Beyond the Call. It's the podcast resource from Star Church where we help ministry leaders and pastors protect what God has given them to lead. Now, on this episode, we invite you to listen in on a conversation with one of our special guests, Matt Steen. Matt's a good friend of mine. He's also a co-founder of Chemistry Staffing. And it's really an organization that's helping churches and ministries find the right staff. If you know you're looking for somebody, you know this can be a big challenge and What chemistry does is helps you fit your theology, culture, and personality into those hires. And so with Matt's experience, we've got an opportunity here to to hear from somebody who's got an expertise view on church staffing. And so I'm really excited about today's podcast. So without any further ado, here's Mr. Matt Steen. Well, I'm so glad uh, for those of you that are on the podcast today, and uh, you get a chance to hear from one of the great friends of Start Church, my friend Matt Steen, with Chemistry Staffing. Matt, thanks for being here.
2: Hey, man, it's my pleasure. Excited to be yeah.
1: here with you. So, where, where are you at nowadays? Uh, you're doing some great things. I've been following what's happening with Chemistry. It seems like it's growing, and and talk to me. How did you get into that?
2: Yeah, this is this is this has been one of those grand experiments that kind of took on a life of its own, right? Yeah, sure. Well, we've all done those. My partner and I, um, my partner, Todd Rhodes, and I, we, we started a conversation about five years ago, really just kind of thinking through, you know, what's going on in the church world? What, you know, what is it that we could come and, and, and really, how can we serve churches? Yeah. And we just kind of kept looking back at is this whole idea of, you know, church staff, you know, most church staff members right now are staying an average of three, three and a half years. Wow. And, um, you know, if, if you, if you think about it, you know, that's, that's way, way too short, right? So yeah. Tom Raynor says something along the lines of, you know, your ministry sweet spot really starts at year five.
1: Yeah. I've heard Tom that.
2: Says it's got to be true, but you know, yeah, sure. <laughs> but, but what we started to think about is, you know, how, how can we get that three to three and a half years closer to five years? Yeah. And, and, we kind of started looking also at the, at the landscape of the church world. And there's a couple of major players out there that are, they're that coming alongside larger churches really in, in helping them figure out staffing. So them, they do a great job with the churches that they work with. Um, but what we also saw was that there's just these churches that are, that are smaller, you know, yeah, church- Less than a thousand that need all this help. Churches of 150 that just need help finding this, finding a a lead pastor to come in and and preach and lead their church and help it help it grow spiritually and and numerically. Um, And so, really, two about two years ago, Todd and I said, "Okay, let's let's do this." It's great. One one thing leads to another, and here here we are, man. We're we're, that's great. Half years into this beast, and and really just having an absolute ball helping churches find people that that are just going to be a great fit for their, for their congregation, dude. It's, it's fun, man. It, that's, that's awesome. Fun.
1: Well, staffing's so critical, right? I mean, who's carrying the vision? It's one of those things where if you get it right, it's awesome. If you get it wrong, it's like, you can be saddled with this stuff for a long time.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, they, they always say, you know, hire slow, fire fast.
1: Yeah.
2: And there's, you know, that sounds that sounds awful, but it's so true because, I mean, if you have a healthy staff, that genuinely likes working with one another. That genuinely likes each other as people. You know, how how cool is that? Because that radiates out through you know through everything that you do. But if I think we've all been in those organizations. Shoot, I was in a um, I was in a McDonald's last week, where you could just tell that everybody hated their job. Sure. And not only that, everybody hated each other. And I just wanted to apologize for walking in there. Right. Yeah. Same thing for churches. You know, we've we probably whether we like to admit it or not, we've been in churches where people are just at each other's throats, and we can, and you can feel it on Sunday yeah. morning. You can feel it when the when the senior pastor and the worship pastor aren't in sync, and it almost feels like they're fighting, you know, yeah. through, through their services on Sunday mornings. And so, if we can we can help churches find people that that really, you know really, really love to be together, really love to worship together, to work together, to play together. Man, how cool is that for the kingdom? That's
1: great. And it's one of those areas that very few people get trained on. If you go to seminary, they're not teaching you do job interviews and background checks and how to look for, as you say, chemistry on the team. And we've got such a great name. It's the chemistry, it's the magic sauce, you know? People love to work with each other. Uh, I think one of the things we have here at Start Church is man, we just love working with each other. We're, we're some great friends and so we don't hate walking in the door in the morning. I kind of want to have more churches have that experience.
2: That that's yeah that that's it exactly because I, I remember back in seminary you know or somebody would say you know about probably seventy five percent of the pastors in this country didn't want to go to their church on Sunday morning. Yeah, sure. If we can if we can fix that thing, man, how how cool is that for the for the kingdom? But you're you're definitely right. You know if you can if you've got that healthy culture if you've got you know what you guys have when, you know just going to work in the morning if you have that at a church you know you
1: and try to try to stop that kingdom. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you some questions. Let's delve in a little here. Uh, As I'm a pastor and I'm I'm needing staff, my guess is you're gonna say there's some things I would need to do way ahead of time. Like, is there core values, where do I start? If I'm a pastor, in order for me to get to a place where I hire somebody that we've got great chemistry and we're gonna be together for a long time, what do I need to know about myself and my church?
2: Yeah. That, dude, that's a great question. I think, I think the first thing that, you know, as cause you, you're, we're talking to a bunch of church planners. We're talking to a bunch of, of younger startup churches. We've got, you know, there's, I'm sure there's, there's churches of all kinds, but you know, here's, here's the thing. Culture, culture is going to determine what works and what doesn't work.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's easy to say, Oh, I'll well, get the culture down the road, but it's too late because that culture is already set. Yeah, that's right. And, and, you need to be, you know, starting today, you know, you need to be intentional about the culture that you're setting in your church. You need to be intentional about the leadership that you're going to bring to your church. Yeah. If you're the solo pastor, if you're, you know, a church planner that's launching it, you got to be intentional about how you're leading and you got to be intentional about how you're, how you're leading, you know, volunteers and, and, and how you're bringing vision and how you're leading yourself. Yeah. It, that's gonna be a huge I mean you you don't change that five years down the road.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: A lot of pain. And so being intentional now about how you're leading, about the leadership culture that you're creating in your church, about how you're developing people, about how you're walking with 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 people um, and, and training them up, you know, that's that's gonna set you up really well for the future. You know, some of the some of the coolest churches that we get to work with have such a well-established leadership culture you know, one of the churches we work with is they, they say, look, for the first 18 months, you know, your job is to learn our culture.
1: Yeah, that's great. It's
2: not, it's not a trial period. It's not one of those things where they're gonna drum you out at the you know if you don't have the hand, secret handshake down. But their whole thing is, look, your job number one for first 18 months coming on our staff is to learn our culture. So we good. Give you a whole awful lot of leeway. You need to know what the guardrails are so that we can give you the freedom that you need to run after things, right? So good. And so if, if you're establishing that now, that's going to do a couple things for you, right? The first thing it's going to do is it's going to make it so that you don't need to hire us, which, I don't know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be saying this.
1: Counterintuitive, but. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're going to be able to hire people from within. Sure. Best the best the best, The best team members that you're going to find are people that are coming in, coming up underneath your leadership. Yeah. Culture to get the values that get you get what it is that you're trying to do. Speak the same language. You already have the relationship. They already understand the area that they live in, and you're just going to slide that. You're able to slide them into a staff role. You know, yes, if you, if you're able to do that. You save the money of bringing us on, right? You save the you save the money from finding out six months in that you just made a terrible mistake and and what you're able to do is i mean you're able to to have people that are able to hit the ground running and probably go a little bit faster than what they were doing from the volunteer standpoint right yeah so start building start building that leadership culture early as early as you possibly can be intentional about that early um and that's going to save you a lot they
1: they can't rush over that either you know i know if we've grown we're you know over 15 years now as a company We landed on, we do five things, right? We work hard, smart, together, through it, no matter what it is, in a culture of honor. We know that that's our culture. In fact, at the end of our interviews, when I usually give them those five things, I say, listen, now, if that's not you, you need to hit the eject button because the culture is gonna sniff you out. This isn't just on the wall. This is who we are. If you don't like to work hard, if you don't like to invent and work smart, if you don't like working together, we win when we win. If you don't like to work through it and be flexible, and if you don't have honor, you won't fit here, no matter how good of it is with a skill. So I hear you saying that's one of those you can't skip those parts.
2: Yeah, and we we do that. We do the same thing with our team, right? And, and everybody needs to do this with their team, whether they're a volunteer or not. You know, our our four core values, um, Nathan. There are, um, um, you know, we love the local church, yeah. right? Nobody, nobody that doesn't love the local church can work on our team. Yeah, sure. You know, you can't, you can't do this if you're burnt out and bitter and jaded about the church, right? I mean, we know those guys, we've met those guys and we know that it's just not going to serve the church well. Yeah, sure. Our, our our second piece is that we we champion church leaders. You know, we win when the whole church wins, right? That's great. We win when the when churches thrive, whether we serve them or not, you know, we just want to see church leaders, you know go and, and, and do amazing things. You know, we lead with generosity. We tell our we tell our team, look, you're going to give away a lot more stuff than 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 you sell to people. Yeah. And if you're not okay with that, then that's that's fine. There's other places, you know, like you said, go ahead and hit, hit that eject button. Yeah. And then, you know, our last piece is we, we put the kingdom first. You know, that yeah. is that is it. You know, it is it is about kingdom more than anything else. Yeah. Now, each church needs to know what that is for them. Yeah needs to own it, needs to, needs to figure out how to put that in place and start teaching people how to live that, man. If you start, that's if you funny. start doing that, you'll be able to bring people on your team internally and, 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 and may never, ever have to hire us. And yeah, that's, that's um, I guess we're putting the team in first So
1: Matt, talk to me about how things are changing. I know even here uh, with Star Church, where we're finding people in the beginning, I hired all of my friends, you know, I like just went through my phone and said, he, you know, the guy I've known for a long time, I've hired him. That only takes you so far. It's not scalable, right? How, what
2: trends are you seeing changing in the area of staffing? You, you know, the biggest, the most surprising thing that I've seen is it used to be, you know, 10, 15 years ago, um, youth pastors were, were a dime a dozen. I know that sounds incredibly, you know, devaluing or, or whatever. It's It seemed like youth pastors were one of the easiest positions to find. Wow. As churches though, have been, have started to go towards uh, multi-site. A lot of those career youth guys are now all of a sudden they are, they're campus pastors.
1: Yeah.
2: They're in those more um, kind of central services types of roles. I see. You know, guys, guys who may have thought at one time, you know, I, I, I want a pastor. I'm, I'm a pastor at heart. I'm a leader at heart. I want to serve in the church, but I don't want to be the guy up on stage week in and week out. You know, those guys, Yeah. You know, they, Instead of just kind of being in youth ministry for for you know twenty years, you know, now all of a sudden you know, they're they're sliding into these other roles and it's they're great roles for them they're they're ideal right um, so that that's been one of the biggest the biggest thing that's been one of those biggest surprises that I've I've seen personally in the way that the landscape yeah
0: is.
1: I see that a lot of what it what it. Talk to me about how like worship pastors and XPs, I know that's even like a new role, right? Like in the grand scheme of things, the executive pastor is sort of new. How do you find the right, we were reading Rocket Fuel uh, recently by Mark Winters and talking about the visionary and integrator. And uh, my first thought was, gosh, I wish every church planner and pastor would have this book to understand those roles. How do you help them find that, that fit?
2: Yeah, I think I think first of all, it's, you know, you you, you start with why, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Not all sign and cynical so what why do you need the role and, and the reason why you start there like executive pastors okay and even even worship pastors there's so many different types okay so if you look at executive pastor for instance you know david fletcher has a has a thing where he talks about there's three different types of them there you've got the the second in command you've got the the basically the glorified administrator and then you got the ministry strategist role right? right and each of those three different roles are three different three different people, but if you just start talking about, you know, hey, I want an executive pastor, you know, you don't know which kind you really need. Yeah, know. no, that's a great point. And so I think a lot of it is just coming to clarity on what it is, what it is that, why, why is this so crucial to your church now? Because yeah. if, if somebody, somebody goes and puts executive pastor out there, you know, you're going to have all three types of these people applying for it, and you might find somebody that you absolutely love, but brings the wrong skill set. That's never going to work. Yeah. So. So the first thing on both of these is, is, on both of those roles in particular, is figure, figure out what it is that you need. That's What's great. Are you, looking, are you looking for the stage presence? Are you looking for a creative director? Are you looking for somebody who is going to develop, um, develop teams, doesn't necessarily need to be the, the lead, you know, on, as far as, you know, singing on, on Sunday mornings or the lead vocalist, you know, what is it, what is it that you want? you know, it's, it's okay if you say, Hey, I need the stage presence. I need, I need that rock star, that young rock star that, you know, probably is wearing skinny jeans and loves hazers and, and light shows and fireworks and all that kind of stuff.
1: I put my skinny jeans a long way away. So I'm probably not in the mix for you, Matt. <laughs>
2: yeah, you're pro- probably not, but you know, yeah. so, so, it, you know, just, just own own what it is that you're yeah, That's great. And, 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 and then start looking for people after that. I think what happens, you know, um, I think what happens with, with churches and part of the reason why I think the, the retention is so, so low that three, three and a half years is I think churches do um, when they're look to hire somebody, they're looking for chemistry, but they're also looking at, at, at their resume. Right. And often, you know, they, they lean towards one or the other pretty heavily. So sometimes they say, Hey, this guy's got an incredible resume. We're, we're done. We're, we're just going to bring him on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like him enough, you know, but we only really got to see him on Sunday. We, we really like this guy. You know, he's a charming young man. You know, he, yeah. he wants to date him that, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they get so charmed by him that they don't kind of look and see, okay, skill set match up? Theologically, does he line up with who we, who we are, yeah. who we want, those types of things. And so that's, you know, problem start because they got, they got wowed and they got attracted and they kind of bought into somebody before they, they probed, um, more deeply into it. And so, you know, one of the things that we, we kind of tell our churches and, and you, know, you, you didn't ask for this, but this one's for free, I guess. But, you know, what we found is that there's really five, five pieces to a really healthy long term fit. Mm-hmm. And this is something I mean, you're not you're not going to smack your head and say, oh, you guys are brilliant because this is something I think we all know. But I think it's something that we kind of forget, or we just forget how to figure that out, right? And so, the first thing that we that we tell churches that you need to look for is, is a theological fit.
1: It's good. Right? Glad you start there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah.
2: So PCA PCA guy is never going to work in a Methodist church. It's just it's you know yeah. you're you're going to get eighteen months in, and somebody's going to be pulling their hair out. You know, yeah, you know, sure. Wrestling Calvin fights, and it's just going to be miserable. Yeah. Person. So theological the, the alignment is the, the first thing. The second thing we look for is cultural alignment. And now when I say cultural alignment, I'm talking more church culture. So somebody coming out of um, out of a mega church that's that's you know running 15,000 on a weekend more than likely is going to be utterly miserable in a rural church of hundred and fifty.
1: Even just being resource rich to resource scarce, <laughs> that how they process what's possible.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Those, those types of cultural things more significant than we, than we like to admit, you know, I'll talk to guys all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can definitely, you know, I can definitely work at a smaller church. Well, you you sure about that? Are you sure, you know, not having your administrative assistant because you're your own administrative assistant, not having a technical team doing everything, you know, there's, there's a lot of differences there that we like to say, you know, we like to just kind of, we, we don't think about it too deeply. And we'd like to say, oh, of course I can do it. I can do anything for the gospel. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. You, you can, but you're not necessarily, you might be a little miserable, you know, getting into it. And so that's, that's one of those pieces. It's, okay, so church culture has that line. You know, how does that line up with, with my life and yeah. in, in the, the life of this church? Um, we also, we, we look a lot at personality you know, each, each has its own unique personality and each person of course has their own unique personality. And so sometimes you know, the, the unique personality of a candidate and the unique personality of the church are going to cause a hostage situation. Yeah. And so it, it can be easy to be blinded, you know, when we, when we find somebody with a great smile and, you know, witty witty jokes and all that kind of stuff, it just, just might not last long. So yeah. And then that's what, and after that, then we start to get into the job skills piece, right?
1: That's great.
2: Can somebody, has somebody done the job before? Or do they, do they show promise of being able to step into the role? You know, if we we kind of dive into some of that and and get a sense of who this person is and and can they, can they pull off the job? And then once we, once we finish that, that's when we really kind of start, you know, encouraging churches to dive into that chemistry piece. You know, yeah, we get all that piece, all that done, you know, seems like somebody's going to be a good fit. Now let's figure out if this is somebody that we want to do life with long term. Yeah, And so that's, you know, that's, that's how we take churches through the process. That's what we encourage them to do. It's a lot of work though, man. It, yeah. and it takes time and, and a lot of, it's really easy for churches to make panic hires, you know, Oh no, we've got Sunday coming. We need a worship guy. You know, let's just go find somebody with a guitar and let them, let them loose. But we really, we really encourage our churches, man.
1: Well, doesn't the Bible say, you know, how good and pleasant it is when they dwell together in unity? What you're really talking about is is that getting to unity, getting to where we're we, not they're they, and I'm they, and we just happen to be on the same payroll. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I love that you're you're really talking about clarity. You know, um, lacking clarity, I think, really hurts people long term. I love that you started theologically. I know churches that have said, "Well, just hire performance," you know, or just hire skill. And the the actual church begin to dilute, you know, they begin to dilute because nobody took stands anymore. Nobody, you know, you couldn't talk about certain things because a guy on the other side of the room, you know, they don't agree with that. And, but again, on the same payroll that ultimately can begin to change the culture itself. Um, I I hear you saying things to do. Give me some things to avoid. You've been in a lot of these conversations. You've seen it go wrong. What
2: should, what should pastors be avoiding? Um, Avoid the rebound hires. Mm. Okay. So one of the things that, you know, in, in fact, we'll, we've, we've got, we've got something we can share with your, with your crowd. If you want, and we call it a staff transition playbook. It's
0: yeah.
2: one of the things that we really pound into people's heads. Somebody comes in and says, Hey, look, I'm resigning. Or, or you go to somebody and you say, Hey, look, it's time for you to, you know, go, go find that opportunity that God's calling you to next. Right. Yeah. The first, the first thing that people do is, you know, they go to churchstaffing.com and they start putting up job descriptions it's like, man, don't, don't start with that. Yeah. You know, we, we tell people, you know, the first, first thing you do when this happens is breathe. Yeah. You know, take take a deep breath, you know, inhale, exhale, count to 10, whatever it is that you need to do, you know, just, just stop and and realize that, you know, this is not a surprise to God. That This isn't, this isn't something that's caught him unaware. You know, he knew that this was going to happen. That's great. Then from there, you know, then it start start to kind of take some time to look around and say, okay, what is it, what is it that we really need to do for this next season? Yeah. And what what's what's hard is that you know, especially in the more um, more upfront ministries or some of the more you know, the 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 ministries that are more um, you know more more noticeable when when leadership's not there, worship, you know, teaching pastor, you know new pastors on occasion, you know, those are, there's, there's definite pain points there. And so the tendency is, you know, let's, let's go find somebody quickly. Let's short circuit the process, all that kind of thing.
0: Yeah,
2: And, you know, you really just need to stop and go back to clarity. You know, what is it that we need for this next season? Do we need somebody do that? Do we need somebody the opposite of that? You know, what is it that we need to, to, instead of asking those types of questions, of instead of asking the question who can we find to fill this out maybe the question that churches need to be asking is you know what is it going to take for us to go six to nine months without leadership in this position
1: yeah that's great
2: that we can create the space to be able to to find the right fit the right person that's going to be here for for five years or more
1: i love you didn't use this term and it's a different kind of term but you're actually talking about autopsying the situation like I, I think at the end of the day, I've seen when those moments happen, if you do step back, you'll actually realize God's got something better, or God's got something. He's ahead of the curve. Like you said, he's not surprised. And if you'll take the time to say, well, what is it we really do want here? What does, if we're going to double in size, What maybe God has a higher capacity person or another greater fit to take us to the, to the next level or fixing things on our team that we've had. In other words, could be God, you know, working
2: through it. Exactly. Exactly. And I love the words you use autopsy, even though it's kind of, you know, is, is, yeah, yeah kind of, you know, kind of dark. Um, but you know, go, go one step further with that. You know, one of the things that really saddens me about how we handle, um, departures in the church is that we don't, we, we get so awkward about things that we never really stop to process them. And so yeah. one of the greatest tools, and, and this is in that playbook, um, that I was telling you about one of the, one of the greatest tools that you have at your disposal is an exit interview. Mm. So take the time, go and kind of dig into you know what worked, what didn't work, why are you leaving? Is there anything that we could have done to keep you here? You yeah. Know, did you have everything that you needed? Did you you know those those types of questions feel awkward?
1: Yeah.
2: They can they can give you so much clarity. Agreed what the next season could be and, and what the next season needs to be for you. So take take advantage of that. You know, lean into the to the awkward. Patrick Lancioni talks about entering the danger, right? Yeah. Do it. Get in there, learn and and use that to kind of strengthen, strengthen the church for the for the seasons. I think that's great. I, I think what you're doing, Matt, is giving
1: permission for pastors to kind of say what's in their heart. I, I think many pastors have a staff member, something that will transition and they've thought all along, man, I wish this role had this. I wish that role was more pastoral. I wish that role was more detailed or something like, this would be the opportunity. Uh, You know, you have to may may walk in faith. I know some people, you just said six to nine months. I'm like, what? But the truth is, if they walk by faith for a little bit, they might get what they actually needed in that role. Uh, I love that. I love that bounce back thing. Um, Talk to me about when. Uh, When is the right time to hire? uh, We have a lot of church planners uh, do you have sort of mile markers you're looking for, maybe financial or, or cultural, size-wise? Talk to me about kind of the metrics what you're looking for.
2: Yeah, so I, I think this goes back to one of those things that people need to be doing from early on, and this this goes back to some of that cultural stuff, right? So I think I think early on you need to be figuring out what is what are your strategic hires, yeah, and what point are you going to need to bring those on. So so you, so
1: you kind of think know. through that ahead of time, like you would encourage a church planner. That's great. So kind of think of here's what I would want to be. And here's my next most important. That's very
2: good. Exactly. You know, some, some churches who are putting high priority on kids ministry over, over the Sunday morning experience, you have that kids pastor earlier on than a worship pastor. Other churches where the Sunday morning experience is the thing. And there's, you know, there's no one way to do church. Totally. There's no one way to do it. Right. And so it's, you know, and so some, some churches, you know, they, they're launching with, you know, with the lead pastor, with the, with the worship pastor on staff. So the first, the first thing is really, it's, it's, what is it that's going to be most, what is it that your church needs? And where that's this? great. Part of, part of it is going to be a financial, there's going to be some financial gates. Um, each church needs to sit down and, and look over their launch plan and look over their budget and their, you know, what they're projecting. And they need to, they need to figure out how is it that, or at what point can we bring somebody on part-time? At what, at what point can we bring somebody on full time and figure out how do we do that in a way that honors them, yeah. does, doesn't have them, you know, financially dying, you know, in order to, yeah. to, serve. and that's, that's different for each context. You know, there's, there's no one magic salary number because what works in New York city is going to be way different than, Absolutely. you know, Northern Wisconsin up in snow country, right? Yeah. So it, it's, it's really going to be, that's, that's so contextual. Um, as And then I think what you start to realize is early on in the church's existence, everything is so volunteer driven. It needs to be so volunteer driven. Yeah. And so hiring is not, you know, something that you do because you don't have a volunteer development plan. Mm. Hiring is, is something that you do when, when you, your volunteers Have taken it to to as far as they possibly can, and you need somebody to step in that can be a vision carrier, that can be a multiplier, and can be somebody that can that can help you know take the vision to the next step. So I know those are really nebulous sounding. You know, there isn't this real easy this this and this, and you're ready. You know, poof, you're ready to bring somebody on. But that's I think those are those are the big things that you got to kind of start with before you can get to the point where you say yes absolutely this is this is where you raise money does
1: that make sense yeah no that's great and, and you know uh, that volunteer stage how do you what would you say to somebody to maybe quell the fear I remember bringing on our first full time worship pastor and being wow this is a family we've got to support here we didn't have gobs and gobs of money in the bank but he had two kids and. How, what would you speak to those fears? You know, how, how would you get people to say, here's, here's when you're probably ready to take the leap or here's some questions to answer so that you're uh,
2: maybe more ready for it? Okay. So from a financial standpoint, is that what you're, yeah. that what you're after? so I, I think, I think part of it is, you know, you need to have those financial safeguards in place, you know, the, 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 the structure in place to be able to make sure that, that you know, you are in good shape. I, I hear you when you say this is a family that we need to support, right? Sure.
0: As,
2: as chemistry starts to grow, you know, we're bringing people on our team and and, and Todd and I have this conversation all the time. It's like, we got to make this work. Otherwise. Yeah,
0: sure. That's,
2: that's big money that they're, so not big money that they're losing out on, but that's, you know, it's their livelihood. Money. Yeah, it's livelihood. And so I think, I think part of it is being responsible in the decisions that you make. I think that there is a, there's a balance in the church world that we've got to navigate between magical thinking and, and wise thinking, you know, I've, I've I've sat in rooms with guys that say, Oh yeah, you know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna see $400,000 come in, you know, in, in giving next year. And they're sitting at 90, you know, right. And, and sometimes, sometimes that could realistically happen, but you have to be able to justify, Hey, you know, paint me, paint me the picture of how that's going to happen. Yeah. Some people say, Oh, you just got to live in faith. and, and, yes you, you do but you also you also need to be wise oh we say we always say you know vision by faith but budget by wisdom you know exactly exactly and so i encourage I encourage you to have your your administrative you know processes in place that so that you've got an emergency fund you know yeah so you know, if you're if you're in the north the northeast and you hit a bad january where three out of four you know um, weekends are canceled because of snow or something you know, is that going to cause you to have to lay somebody off? Yes. You have six months worth of worth of operating funds in the bank to be able to, to to get to a point where you know you can you can ride that stuff out. So, you know, plan. You know, put put those things in place so that you've got your safety net. You know, when God speaks, you know, lean into it, but also you know start putting that stuff in place. You know, one of the things I used to do as an executive pastor, um, and you may have done this too, is I, I did three budgets each year. I did, I did a 90%, a hundred percent and 110%. Yeah, money. absolutely. And so, you know, if, if we, if we, if giving came in and not, under 90%, then, you know, then, then we were in trouble. But, you know, that 90% was all the crucial stuff. Yeah. And then when we hit a hundred percent, then we had some leeway to be able to get in and, you know, do some cooler things. And we hit 110 then man, we, we pulled out all the stops on the ministry stuff. Yeah you know kind of planning those ways especially you know it feels like it feels like overkill when you're small and when you're just just launching but that those habits and those rhythms are going to set you up to be in a place where that when the day comes to be able to pull the trigger and make those hires you know that you are operating in a way that's responsible fiscally but also responsible way that you're you're shepherding and caring for these team members that's great man
1: uh, here's a little, little softball here on this. What, what, and I know it sounds self-serving. What, why chemistry? What, what, what are you guys doing? I, I can't imagine doing some of these big hires without a coach, right? So I totally believe in getting a coach through the process and, and partnering with somebody. Why chemistry if somebody's out there thinking of doing this and they're going to do some research on you
2: what, do you? what are you bringing to the table for them? So, so what do we bring to the table? Is A couple things. You know, we launched this because we saw an incredible need for churches, smaller, smaller churches. You know, we we say small and mid-sized church, that is, is primarily who we're working with. So churches that maybe you know less than fifteen hundred or two thousand on a Sunday morning. Right. You know, we we've worked with churches of one hundred and fifty. We've worked with churches of eight thousand. But you know, typically it's a small and mid-sized churches that we that we look at, and we realize that these guys, um, whether it's a lay-led search team. Or even you know a, a staff-led search search team. We know that they're busy. You know the lay teams. Yeah. They're 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You know, at work, and then they're needing to come in and they're needing to read through resumes with bad grammar and kind of screen through. And you know the lay teams are a little bit it's a little bit different for them because you know they don't get some of the theological pieces, and they struggle with some of the church cultural pieces that they That's don't realize that some of the words that one tribe uses don't mean the same thing that, you know, when it's, when it's from another tribe. And so, you know, we come alongside of those, those lay teams and we're just able to coach them and say, Hey, let me give you some contact context here. That's let good. me do the process. Let's shape this in a way that's going to make sense for you guys. And then we take, we take a lot of the heavy lifting. You know, this is, this is where our staff led teams just absolutely love us. Cause we, you know, what we'll do for a church is we we do all those initial screening for you know for the theology for the culture, personality for the job skills, and we do the first several rounds of interviews so that by the time we come to a church with a slate of candidates, we ask them to treat treat these guys as their finalists, mm-hmm. and really get to know them right, really dive in instead of instead of having to screen through 150 200 resumes, we're giving them three people that we're convinced are going to be there for five years or more if they bring wow. them. That's correct. We'll figure out who you have true chemistry with. Yeah, and, and it just saves a whole awful lot of time. Allows, you know, allows the senior pastor to be, you know, focusing on their sermon on Sunday morning because you know doesn't yeah. matter if you're not Sunday's always coming.
1: Yeah,
2: we're able to say, go preach, you know, go do your sermon, go take care of you know the building project that you're that you're leading, you know, go go take care of the you know the midweek Bible study that you need to lead. Yeah let us do the initial the initial hard work let us reach out to our connections let us let us do the initial screens and um it's great do what you need to do that's great matt if people need to find you where where can they uh where can they find more chemistry staffing.com that's um that, that's the that's the best spot that's our website you can check out our team you can you can go kind of dig through our blog and and some helpful stuff on there and you know we'd love to even Set up, a, set up a time just, just for a 30-minute conversation about what it is that you guys are looking for. No right. you know, obligation. Love to love to have the conversation.
1: So. That's great. Well, we love what you guys are doing. We want to see the church grow and thrive and be confident. And I know staffing is a very important part. So if you're on the podcast today, you're, or you've been hearing from Matt Steen uh, with Chemistry Staffing, really helping churches find uh, that next good fit. So uh, I appreciate you being on the podcast today, Matt. And I hope you and Todd are, are blessed, man. All right,
2: man. Appreciate it.
0: Love, love what you guys are doing. Thanks for the time. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844-641-5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church, Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.